Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. Just before uh, we have our special guests come up this morning, we have some other special visitors here today, and they thought they were going to sneak in the back door, and nobody was going to notice that they were here, Uh, but I just want to give honor to the Steins this morning. If you could just wave at everybody, some of our missionaries uh, from the network, and we're just so blessed to have them with us this morning. I told them it's it's just not possible to sneak in the back door. Uh, Not when you're in ministry, it just doesn't happen, but we're so blessed that you're here with us this morning. We pray blessings and favor on you and your ministry. You know, it's difficult for missionaries to during this season and during this time of COVID, unable to get back and forth and itinerate, go where you need to go and raise your support. And so uh, we're honored to have you with us this morning. And we thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your work in building up the kingdom of God. Amen. And amen. Well, as you saw in your announcements, today is the last Sunday to order your Easter tulips. Uh, If you'd like to uh, order a tulip in honor or in memory of someone, you'll find a form and an envelope in your bulletin. If there's not one in your bulletin, there's some extra forms out in the foyer. You can grab one uh, before you leave and fill it out and just drop it in the orange offering bucket in the back on your way out so we can make sure that we honor all of those that you would like to memorialize uh, next Sunday. Their names will be listed in the bulletin. Well, without further ado, I'm going to introduce our special guest to you this morning. I think you might know him just a little bit, uh, but would you give a warm welcome to Reverend Mike and Bernadine Garland as they come and minister to us this morning. Thank you, Sister Garland. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. Good to see everybody this morning in the house of the Lord. How many glad to be in God's house? Anyway, give the Lord praise. Come on. That's right. Come on. You, you can do a little shout. This is Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. We can do some shouting today, right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You're all looking great. Praise God. Brothers and sisters, Stein, so good. Uh, until you said their names, I knew them, but I forgot their names. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Yes. I was When I was in Bible college, I was missionary president the one year. And, uh, you know, we had different guest speakers come in. Uh, we had a service every Friday night there. That was it. when it was Northeast Bible Institute. Of course, now Valley Forge, Christian, uh, Valley Forge University. There we go. So praise God. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Uh, praise God. Most churches you go to, everybody has got a mask on. <laughs> I, I, I told them, to, don't sit where they're roped off. Get in those money seats where they're in. Where they're empty. That's the blessing seats right there, right? Yes. Amen. We're going to sing a couple songs, and I hope you'll be blessed. And uh, let's start out. Let's see, see if our volume's okay. Sister Garland.
Jesus. Oh my. My friend who Just rights have it. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Good to see Brother Julian. Good to see Ed. Good to all of you that we've missed. You Praise better God. not. I better not start no. naming names out. Yeah, you're gonna be in trouble. That's why I got this. Uh, this so I can see see my words. So yeah. In, instead of the flat uh, pulpit, which is fine for young folks. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. You gotta tell them huh? Praise God. You know, since we were here last. I retired. My wife looks three years younger, doesn't she? No. Give a Lord praise. Yeah, yeah. I saw that picture up there. What picture? When they were flashing the screen. Well, I saw that and I saw the ad for We Need Candy. Those are the two things that stood out for me. Reese's Pieces. Bring them. I'm just kidding. Praise God. Amen. Uh, you want to say something about this song? Sure. Okay, go ahead then. I was looking for um, Darren. Darren is learning this song, so y'all let him know that when he sings it, you let him know that he did a good job and he's yeah. learning this song, Little David. Amen. Praise and, God. And uh, I sent him a CD, of course, and I said, 
They are, here's a CD for you. And learn little David. <laughs> yeah, Darren, Darren's my youngest grandchild, yes. and he's very special. But don't tell him. <laughs> I called him Darwin, Darwin when I came in. Uh, he probably didn't like that. He's getting older, happy. <laughs> okay, this song is Little David. I was driving to work the other day. And See, I'm retired, but she still works. My heart was so heavy. Praise God. And I said, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. I've been trying to be a good mom, but I just can't do things that he should be able to do. And as I was driving to work, I said, Lord, I just trust you. I have yes, trusted yes. you all my life. Lord. And this battle is not mine. Yes. We have taught him. And he is yours. And the battle is going to be yours. I'm just turning it over to you. Now that's easy. That's the easiest part to turn it over to the Lord. The hardest part is to leave it there once you turn it over. Yes. But you know what God put in my heart that morning? Trust me. And it kept going over in my head as I was working and all day and whatever I did. I heard, trust me. God just wants us to trust him, folks. Amen. And to say, Lord, this battle is not mine, but I trust you. I hope you enjoy little David. Praise God.
called me some time ago about another date. I said, no, we're going to be in Tennessee then. <laughs> but this works out great because next Sunday we'll be, we live in Orange, Virginia, and we're uh, um, we're uh, intern pastors along with two others there at the church. The pastors left and Sister Nellie, Brother Vogt, the former pastor, and then myself uh, who we had pastored down there 25 years ago. So I'll be preaching next Sunday there for Easter which is today's Palm Sunday and getting ready for the greatest church day of the yeah. there is, the resurrection. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let me just mention, uh, we have four CDs back there in the foyer in that little black, uh, I think it's black or blue case. Yes. Uh, this is the one that we're singing from right here, uh, Sister Garland. The yellow one, and then we have, the, these are the two newest ones. Uh, if, if you're interested, we have four. Uh, any size donation. There's just a little box, just put it in. If you have to leave early, just pick up what you want, take it, put, put a donation in. Any any size donation. Uh, uh, we don't charge. How's that? Oh, thank you. So I thought somebody say, shout, amen. <laughs> when, I, when I pastored churches, you know, I had all these groups wanting to come in to, well, we need $1,000. I said, I do too. <laughs> but but <laughs> you're not going to get 1000 unless the Lord gives it. Praise God. But donation, praise God. You can't beat that. Amen. God's never let us down. Uh, so I'm going to sing this song, which is off of one of the former CDs that we have, uh, because every time I usually come back, somebody requests this song. And uh, so uh, I hope it'll be a blessing. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see what number we are on. Okay, here we are. Praise God. Let's see. Let me get my little card out. I'm just kidding. Praise yeah. God. Number 18 we are. Okay, here we are. Hard knocks. Are you going through some hard knocks? Uh, let's cheer up. Amen. Praise God. Because God's got the answer. He's going to see us through. Yes, yes. Praise God. Wouldn't want to go and do it over. The many lessons I've learned on my way. 
but it's given me a better understanding to reach out for that troubled one who strayed. If I can take these hard knocks and teach somebody where I'm going, oh, where I've been. If I can help some troubled soul make it to heaven and maybe help someone avoid the traps of sin. Yes! We read about a wayward son that drifted. He wound up in the hog pen, we are told. But when he realized his life had been wasted, he just gave the hogs farewell and headed home. Thank God if I can take these hard knocks and teach somebody where I'm going, where I've been. If I can help some troubled soul make it to heaven and maybe help someone avoid the traps of sin. Aren't you glad that you been delivered from the traps of sin? Somebody shout amen. Yeah, yeah. Now our job is to help somebody else so they don't fall into that same trap. So let's lift them up. Praise God. Here's the course again. If I can take these hard knocks and teach somebody where I'm going where I've been if I can help some trouble so make it to heaven and maybe help someone avoid the traps of sin and maybe help someone avoid the traps of sin yes help somebody miss all of that heartache and hard knocks amen give the Lord praise amen amen praise God Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Let's see. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Praise God. Put that right there. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Garland, for singing. Praise God. Yeah. So this Yala CD, she does all the songs except two, and the other CDs would both sing here and there. Praise God. If you... If you enjoy Southern gospel, uh, that uh, yellow CD was made, we did that in Oklahoma. The other one back there was done in Nashville and the others was done just locally or different places, praise God. Psalm 107, would you stand with me please? Let's read, let me, let me read the scripture and you follow along with me, praise God. Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. For his mercy. Note that word mercy. Shout the word mercy with me. Mercy. mercy. For his mercy. Now that's the Hebrew word for our English word love. It's, it's the word hesed. For his mercy, his love, his loving kindness. Exactly. Endure forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. 
Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, the right, the Hebrew word there meaning the straight way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Now that word goodness is the same word as up in the first verse, mercy. It's the Hebrew word hesed, which means goodness, love, loving kindness, the mercy of the Lord. So he says what? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, his love, his mercy, for his, notice, wonderful works. The Hebrew word there for wonderful is the word supernatural. For his, that's why they're wonderful. They're supernatural. It, they're supernatural. Only God can do it. You're going through stuff. You, you don't know how to get through. Only God can get you through it. Amen. His supernatural works to the children of men. For he satisfied, notice, the longing soul. And he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Praise God. Amen. Let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you today for your word, for what you're going to do and how you're going to help us. You're going to guide us. You're going to lead us. And you're going to minister to every need that we have today. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Thank you for each person who's here, Lord. Lord, meet them at the point of their need today. Whatever they need. Physically, spiritually, intellectually, socially. Heal their bodies. Touch them, we pray, Lord. And we'll thank you for your faithfulness. We give you praise now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Everybody shout it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Yeah, sit down if you can. <laughs> no, the psalm we just read, uh, you'll notice four times in those first uh, nine verses is the word Lord. L-O-R-D. Verse 1, verse 2, verse 6, verse 8. L-O-R-D, all in caps. When that's all in caps in the King James Version, that means the Lord Jehovah. The I am that I am. Whatever you need him to be, he's our I am, the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the beginning and the end. He's the I am. And you'll notice seven times it tells us there what he did for the people of Israel back in that day. This psalm was written during the time when uh, when they were uh, having a celebration because they had just been set free from 70 years of captivity in Babylon. You, you think uh, the pandemic's long. 70 years of captivity in Babylon. Somebody say, oh me, oh my, right? Amen. They say by July it's going to be all over. That's what I'm told. So bless God, amen. Who knows? But let's just believe God. He's the Lord God that healeth and delivers. So you'll notice, like verse, verse two, he says, right, he redeemed them out of the hand of the enemy. Verse three, he gathered them out of the lands from the east, west, north, south. Notice verse Six, he delivered them out of their distresses. Verse four, he led them forth in the straight way. And he goes on to say that he might take them into the city of habitation. Look at verse nine, the sixth time. He satisfies their longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Seven things that he does for those who are on, the, who are on their journey. Are you on your journey with Jesus? I trust you are. I trust you are. Amen. Praise God. Now I'm preaching on how to turn your wilderness into a water park. Would you rather go to a water park or a wilderness? Huh? No brainer, right? Water park. Yeah. Oh my. That water is refreshing. And that sun's beating down and refreshing. It's life-giving. A wilderness. Notice a wilderness is made up of dissolution. It's dark. 
It's dangerous, implying that there's wild beasts out there that devour you. It's dusty. It's dry. And the sixth, the sixth thing is it's demonic. The wilderness is a bad place to be in. You may be here today and you're in a wilderness. You may be in a wilderness and you need, you need a water park experience. Say, God, let the rain of heaven fall upon me. Let me get splashed with all the goodness of the Lord as I give my life. Just like the psalmist there where he led them out. He delivered them because they cried in their distress and he set them free for the glory of God. Praise God. Now, in the Old Testament, we have the famous example of Job. Everybody say Job. See, you look at that. First of all, you look at that and think it's Job. No, it's not Job. It's Job. The man Job in the Old Testament. Even champions suffered wilderness experiences. What happened to Job? Well, you know what? He lost all of his possessions. He was one of the most wealthiest, blessed men of those days. He lost all of his family members except his nagging wife. He lost all of his health. I heard a few amens. Now, I don't have a nagging wife. I can say that. I, I don't have a nagging wife. Praise God. Glory. Okay. I get paid for that. Okay. <laughs> but he did not lose his faith in God. God gave him a wonderful work. God gave him a supernatural work and delivered his life. Amen. Jesus in the New Testament woman, he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. You think that destroyed it? You think the devil got the best of him? No. The Bible says he returned back full of the Holy Ghost to battle the powers of darkness and to bless this world and to eventually die on a cross for every one of us as we'll see next Sunday uh, for, the, for your services wherever you attend for Easter you'll see the resurrection the greatest church day on the calendar so let me give you four, four if you're taking notes uh, let me give you four points so when you leave you'll say well I, I didn't get a thing out of that but I did get four points reflect over these four points four simple points Simple points, four points. Number one, how to turn your wilderness into a water park. Number one, review the promises of God. Praise God. Most of us here are believers. With churches today, most everybody in the church are believers uh, because a lot of people are scared to go to church because of, you know, all the stuff that's out there. You're scared to go to Walmart, right? <laughs> well, nowadays, you can go to the supermarket and get killed. People shooting, killing, all that. But notice notice some of the promises of God. Let me give you four promises. Review the promises of God. Number one, God is our helper. Psalm 46.1. It says, God is our refuge. Shout refuge. Refuge means it's, it's, a, it's a place of trust. God is our refuge, a place of trust and strength. He's a very present help in trouble. That Hebrew phrase means, trouble means in a tight place. In a tight place. God's our healer. Look at the second one. God is our healer. Shout healer with me. Exodus 15, 26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and wilt keep his statutes God says, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, 
For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Praise God. Do you need a healing touch in your body? Right now, just close your eyes and take your hand. Put it on that part of your body where you need healing. Will you do that? I had the church do this the other week. I had to put a little dot in their hand. That was a seed of faith. And put that right on your knee. Close your eyes to do that right now, wherever you're hurting. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you in Jesus' name to touch each life who's here. Their body, their lung, their heart, their chest, their leg, their mind, their back, their knee. Every part of their body right now. You're the Lord God that healeth. Touch us so that we can be of glory to you to help somebody else not fall into the pits. Thank you. We're trusting and we're believing you. You are our healer. Healer. Look at the third promise. God is our keeper. Psalm 121.5 says, The Lord is thy keeper. The word keeper means he's our guardian. Meaning he watches over us. Aren't you glad when you're driving down the highway? And I like to know this a terrible rain. When we came in, man, it was raining cats and dogs. And there's cars going everywhere, you know. And you can got the windshield wipers on. You got your fog lights on. You can just barely see. Flying right by. Aren't you thank God that guy didn't slip and fall and turn and wreck? He kept you safe when you're traveling on, on a trip someplace. When you go to Walmart, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to church, God protects you from somebody coming in and trying to destroy your life. He says, well, the Lord is thy keeper, the guardian. The Lord is thy shade. The word shade there means protector upon thy right hand. He protects us. He's our protector. Look at 2 Timothy 4.18. God is our deliverer. You say, I want out of this wilderness. I need, I need deliverance out of this wilderness. Look what uh, Paul says. The Lord shall deliver me from every good work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word preserve there is the word for save. He's going to save me. He's going to deliver me. So, Review the promises of God. He's our healer. He's our helper. He's our keeper. He's our deliverer. Look at number two. Retain the peace of God. Not only not only review the promises of God, but retain the peace of God. That as you you read those promises and you have them in your heart, and He gives you peace. So retain that peace in your heart. Amen. What good is it to go get a bucket of water and then come back to dump it someplace and there's nothing in it because there was three holes in the bottom of it and just. Kept spilling out. So don't let our lives be like that, that we're just draining everything out. But we're retaining, we're retaining the peace of God. Say it with me, the peace of God. The peace of God. Look at three things, the peace with God, peace of God, and peace from God. Peace with God, Romans 5 says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. If you don't have peace today, you need to make peace and come to God. Let him save you of all of your sin. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But if you failed in any way, ask God to give you the peace of God to cleanse you of all of your sin. The second thing is the peace of God when he brings the peace of God. And Philippians says the peace of God which passeth means it surpasses all your understanding, all your intellect. It's going to what? It's going to keep. There's that word keep meaning is guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Your heart has to do with the emotions. The emotions. You've been hurt. You've had a loss. 
and your mind are plaguing you with all the things that you have to work through and get done and make right. That verse 8 goes on to say, to do that, you need to think on the good things of God. And then when all that happens, Philippians 4, 9 says, God will give you his peace to come into protection. He said, these things which you have noticed in Philippians 4, 9, he said, which you have both noticed four things. You have learned, you have received, you have heard, you have seen in me. This is Paul doing the writing. He says, do, that word do is the Greek word translated practice. Practice. You know, you sit down and practice guitar, you practice drum, you practice piano. Oh, I remember our kids when they took piano, oh, I got to practice, practice, practice. We're paying all that money for lessons. Practice, practice, practice. Look where it goes. No Beethoven's. But bless God, God had other plans. But nevertheless, practice. Notice, notice carefully what Paul says. Those things which you have noticed, you have learned. Have you gone through the wilderness and experienced time and time and time again, but haven't learned the lesson? You know, slap yourself on the face. Oh my God, when am I going to wake up? He said, both that you've learned and you've received, meaning you have been the recipient of the good things that Paul was teaching here as you receive teaching from pastors now. And Paul said, and you have heard, you've heard the gospel and you've seen it in me. That is in Paul. All those four of those things. You've learned, you've received, you've heard, you've seen in me, Paul says. He said, if all those four things, why? If you will do them, practice them, practice them. The God of peace shall be with you. Peace with God. Think about that. Peace with God, the peace of God, and then peace from God is going to go with you day in, day out for the glory of God. Amen. So let's turn this wilderness experience into a water park. Let's, let's believe for great and wonderful things. Because God's a supernatural, supernatural working God. Amen. Look at number three. I told you it wouldn't be long. Number three. Rejoice in the plan of God. Review the promises of God. God does all things well. Retain the peace of God that you receive from him. And then rejoice in the plan of God. Now see, God's plan for every one of us is basic, but it's different. God wants all of us to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and get saved and live for him and go out and win a lost and dark world and minister to those around about us. But there's individual plans in all of our lives as we're all sitting here. None of them are the same. I think of Acts 16, uh, the story of Paul and Silas. Now, Paul and Silas had gone down there to Philippi, and, um, uh, you know, this, this demon-possessed uh, woman, uh, and he turns around, and Paul turns around, casts the demon out of this woman, and next thing you know, next thing you know, they grab Paul and Silas, they put him into, into the prison. The Bible says into the inner cell. That's inside where, where they, they, they didn't get any room service. They didn't get any text messages. No cards. We're, we're praying for you. We're praying for you, Paul and Silas. They're in there all by themselves and see the rats <laughs> running around, urine all over the place at this inner cell. This is where the, they, they decided the worst people would go, the inner cell. 
They're in this situation. And the Bible says they were put in stocks, not stocks and bonds, but stocks. Their head, their arms, or barely could just see each other. Boy, uh, boy, this is the mess we're in now, isn't it? They can't get any better. There's only one way. There's only one way. There's only one way. That's to get out. How are we going to get out? Well, they just started to sing and to praise God. To sing and to praise God. Maybe you've had death, you've had disease, you've had depression, you've had doom, you've had darkness. Whatever your wilderness experience, only you know. God loves you. He wants to pull you out of it. He wants to get you out of all that stock. So there they are. They're, they're locked up with their hands and their arms in stocks. And the Bible says at midnight, somebody shout midnight. Midnight, don't you love midnight? You just fall asleep and the phone rings. Or you just fall asleep and the fire goes off you. And then you can't go back to sleep for a couple hours. At midnight is that awful time. Awful time. Except they turned it into an awesome time. They began to sing and praise God in their songs. I don't know what they were singing. Praise God, you know. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. It would be a good one. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me, right? Aren't you glad? You ever sung, I'm so glad Jesus lifted me? Praise God. He set me free. I've been through the hard knocks. No, it's another one. Praise God. Sing the praises of God. Pray it and sing in the praises of God. And you know the amazing thing what happened? They began to rejoice in their in the plan that God had for their life. Now see, they didn't know what was going to happen beyond them being in stocks with their heads in their arms and in all the misery. But they did know that God was the God who hears prayer. Who hears the humble who cry out. Say, it's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord. Standing, hanging in the need of prayer. You ever been like that? You're right on the edge. And as they began to worship and sing, praise God. See, God sent an earthquake. Hit that prison. Unlock all the chains, the bonds, the doors. So that you could all be free. Now, we read that story and say, well, that didn't happen. Well, that's what the Bible says. God sent an earthquake, jailhouse rock. No other way to put it. Jailhouse rock that day. As they were singing and praising God, next thing you know, Stocks popped open. The door popped open. At first they didn't know it, but all the other cells, all the chains and all the other handcuffs, everything popped open. And the the jailer, the head guard on the outside there, uh, who saw all this happen, the Bible says in, in, in Acts 16, he pulled out a sword he was getting ready to kill himself. <laughs> because the Romans would have killed him if his people that were incarcerated would have got free. He would have been killed in disgrace. So he thought it's better to kill myself than for them to kill me. And Paul said, hey, hey, do yourself no harm. Stop, don't do it. Don't do it. I remember some years ago when I was pastoring in, Hanover, in York, Pennsylvania. In fact, it was my, our first church after leaving the evangelistic field. We traveled for eight years as evangelists 
and uh, my first church, the pastor there, and uh, small little church. It uh, was about uh, maybe about this section. We went back to book, maybe where it was. Just didn't, didn't hold a whole lot. Small little building there in in the uh, on the bad side of town in York, uh, not too far from what was in the York Community College, which is now regular York College. But uh, we were having we were having a service on a Sunday, and. Uh, as we were having service, at, back in those days, you know, we, we had pianist, organist, and, and a song leader. That was, you know, the style then. So our song leader wasn't there. He, he, he'd been missing for a couple of Sundays. He wasn't there that day. Uh, and here's the story that he told me when I went to visit him in the mental hospital. He said he was home and his wife played the organ. She was at church playing the organ. He wasn't there. He was at home. And he said he went and got his pistol and loaded it. He said, I, I pulled it up to my head, ready to pull the trigger. Because he was going through such a mental depression, a battle that he saw no way out. He said, I was just getting ready to pull the trigger when the phone rang, that was back in the days before they had cell phones, and the phone rang. So he said, ah, should I answer it? He laid the pistol down, he answered the phone, and it was his sister who was calling him. She just wanted to call and see how he was doing. He broke down crying. And he said, I'll almost pull the trigger. If you hadn't called one more second in, I would have pulled the trigger. That one phone call, divinely orchestrated by God speaking to his sister, who was a believer. He was a believer himself, but he was going through depression so bad that he didn't see any, any hope at the time. Needless to say, he eventually, he eventually pulled out of all of that. His life was spared. And... Uh, Back with his wife. Wow. Yeah. Who does those kind of things? It's not the phone companies. It's God who supernaturally reaches in to hear your desperate cry. And that's what happened here in the jailhouse. Okay. Paul said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. Nobody's left. And when the jailer recognized nobody had left, he cried and said, because he had heard these gospel evangelist preachers, singers and preachers, he had heard them talk about the power of a saving Jesus because they were in jail because they had cast out the demon out of this demon-possessed girl in town there. So he knew about this higher power of God, Jesus, and he hollered and I said, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And when you read the text, it says, and thy house. If you read the full context of that, he, jailer came in, got Paul and Silas out, fed them, took them to his house, 
They preach there. And it's the whole house turned to the Lord. Somebody shout amen. amen. You got someone who's not serving God. You got somebody who's in a, in a dungeon. In a wilderness. And you see that's. From that experience of that Acts chapter 16. It says when they brought them out to his house. He set meat before them and they rejoiced. They rejoiced that verse 34 says. Believing in God with all his house. From that experience comes the founding of the church at Philippi. Whose theme Paul later writes to the book of Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always I say. Paul writes rejoice. In the Lord. Wow. I got one more point. Hold on. Okay. One more point. I don't want you to accuse me of preaching long. I smelled those donuts when I came in. <laughs> I had a pop tart for breakfast. I'm glad I only had a part -top, pop tart. I can get a good donut in a minute. So don't leave. Don't leave. One more point, and that's this rest. Put it in your notes. Rest in the presence of God. That's what it's all about. Rejoice in the plan that God has for your life. Little did Paul and Silas realize what was going to happen next. And they, the church at Philippi became a flourishing church as a result of that experience of God's supernatural power. Then, last of all, rest. We all need rest today. Because we're plagued. Our minds are bombarded with all the stuff out there. What this doctor saying, what this hospital saying, what this over here is happening, what, what's going on over here. Rest, rest in the presence. Shout it with me. The presence of God. The presence. What is the presence? It's defined as a close proximity. You know, when I first started dating my wife, when I was at youth camp in West Virginia, whoa. At the time, I was dating another girl. And I told her, I said, listen, next next week, I'll be up here. My girlfriend's going to be here, but I'm going to break up with her. So we got some close proximity after that. <laughs> Woo! Woo! You know what I'm talking about, right? Those of you that, that are happily married, those of you that are single who want to be happily married, Find some close proximity. Yeah. <laughs> right? Praise God. In Luke 10 it says, It came to pass when Jesus and his disciples, uh, they entered into a certain village. Uh, John 11 tells us that was Bethany. And a certain woman there, her name was Martha. Somebody shout Martha. Martha. She received him into her house. And she had a sister. Her name was Mary. Mary. Oh, a couple of you do it. Mary. Okay. Mary and Martha. Okay. But it says, Mary sat at Jesus' feet. Notice verse 39 of Luke 10. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The Greek word for heard is the word she kept on listening. You know, sometimes when the preacher's preaching, he's like, oh yeah, I heard that lady. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, what are we doing next? And she goes right over here. You're, you're kind of waving it on back to the person that behind you. Lord, they need this one me. Send it over to them. Send it over to them. But no, the Bible says she sat. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Now, she did not sit. This is Mary. She did not sit 
beside Jesus. She didn't sit behind Jesus. I'll be right back in a minute. She didn't sit back there. And she didn't sit in front of Jesus. The Bible says she sat at his feet. <sighs> she sat at his feet. A place of humility. A place of love. Now, when her sister Martha saw this, man, she, she blew a gasket. She blew, she blew a gasket. Now, here was Martha. She apparently was the older of the two, Mary and Martha, and also Lazarus, her brother. So Martha had a large house, according to history. She was able to accommodate Jesus and his disciples and other people when they would come in. Uh, she, she had great skill in feeding people and accommodating to people. That is Martha. And so here she is, the Bible says, here she is preparing a meal for Jesus and his disciples, opened up her home, and her sister, she could say, you lazy, good for nothing? Get over here and help me. That's what the Bible says in one of the verses. In verse 40, it says, my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, Jesus, that she will help me. Help me. Now that word help is the Greek word which means take hold and do her part along with me. That Greek word is only used two times in the New Testament. Here and in Romans 8.26 when it says that the Spirit of God helpeth our infirmities. So Martha was saying, bid her to get over here and help me with this heavy load. Jesus said, there's three things wrong with you, Martha. Let me read you the verse. Three things that are wrong with you. I put it in my notes as CTC. They got initials for every, every disease now, everything going on. She got a CTC. That's, she was cumbered. She was tormented, troubled. And it says in the King James, she was careful. That meant worried. So he says, oh, here. But Martha was cumbered. It's the Greek word meaning distracted, drawn away by uh, burdens. And then verse 41, Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful. That's the word for worry, the Greek word. Anxiety has to do with an inner uneasiness. It says you are careful and you are troubled. The word troubled means you're agitated and you're stirred up and it's a tumult and it's an outward confusion and a bustle. You're ready to fight. That's what he was saying. You're cumbered, you're troubled, and you're careful. You're worried. You're distracted. You're worried. Now, Jesus loved Martha. He loved Mary. He loved Lazarus, we know. Martha was a great giving person because she opened up her home. She was courageous because at that time there were a lot of people not, not wanting to be close to Jesus because uh, they were being threatened to be killed. Many people, many of the disciples were leaving by that time because of, of, of the persecution that was going on. So she, she opened up her home. Uh, she was a caring person. She, she had a deep uh, devotion for her love, her family, caring to help others. Uh, but the problem is she had 
this problem of being distracted, to be twisted around, to be drawn here and there and distracted. She was distracted by serving. She was distracted by the material things of food, necessities, cares of life. But she did have a legitimate complaint. I need help, Jesus. And I'm challenging you today to rest in the presence of God. Jesus noticed when Mary come and sat down at his feet, right there at his feet, in the presence of God. Martha was bustling all out, but Mary was right there wanting to get in the presence of Jesus. We need to rest in his presence. An intimate association. The one basic element in life and essential for life is having your spiritual hunger fed with the word of Christ himself. You need to feed from the one who says, I am the bread of life. I'm the resurrection. I'm the resurrection. Would you stand with me please this morning? Review the promises of God. Retain the peace of God. Restore the plan of God. Rejoice rather in the plan of God. And rest in the presence of God. You're standing. Would you just close your eyes with me this morning? Praise God. It's been a delight and a thrill to share the gospel message with you this morning. Hopefully, God has touched you in some way. With heads bowed, eyes closed. You'll be honest with God. How many would just lift a hand? Keep your eyes closed. Don't look around. How many would lift a hand and say, Pastor, I, I, need, I need God's presence. Lift it up real high. There you go. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Praise God. Eight. I need, I need God's presence in my life. Thank you. Another one there. Praise God. Just keep that hand lifted. Just keep that hand lifted. Now let's just ask God to come into our lives. Forgive us of our sins. Heal our bodies. Restore our life of misery. Get us out of this wilderness as we rest in his presence. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you will minister to each one of these, all eight of these that have lifted a hand. Whatever their need is, they need your presence, Lord. Cleanse them from any sin, any battle they're going through, Lord. Cleanse their mind. Because your peace of God surpasses, excels over what? The emotions of our heart and the thoughts of our mind, Lord. Because you guard us, you protect us. So I ask you right now, Lord, to do that in the lives of these that have surrendered their hand to you right now. In the name of Jesus, come down and minister to us. Minister to us, Lord. We open up our life to you. We open up our life to you, Lord. Touch us, our mind, our body, our heart, our soul, our spirit. And Lord, you will intervene. You will intervene within all of us for the glory of God. Worship God as our sister leads us this morning. Worship God with us. Hallelujah. 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 Worship God. Call out to him right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. 
Praise God. Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.